0: We can't control what happens in our life, but we can control how we respond to it. Hello, and welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, one of the lead coaches at DocWorking.com, and I'm so glad you're with me here today. I'm going to talk today about how you as a physician can learn something from the Navy Seals that could help you when the going gets hot, so to speak, when the pressure is on in your practice or in your life. And I've been coaching now for about a decade, working a lot with physicians in a variety of different disciplines at academic institutions and private practices and big cities and small towns. And it's interesting. And I also work with people in other sectors who are leaders in business and in other areas of work and life as well. And it's common when you're reading articles about things like resilience and the ability to work under pressure, people keep talking about the Navy SEALs. <laughs> and I was always like, oh, you know, I, what is it with the Navy SEALs that seems to be so interesting to organizational psychologists and to people that talk about performance and I, it's really interesting to research it just a little bit so I'm going to share a little bit about what I learned and give you some practical tactical tangible ways that you can take some of the things that work well for Navy Seals into your practice and your life as well and for those of you that are not military experts as I am not as well a Navy Seal is essentially it's an elite special ops force that's within the navy And it stands for Sea, Air, and Land. It's a special operations training that it's very hard, very, very, very hard to even be considered. And for the 1,000 recruits who meet these really astronomically challenging standards of physical, and you have to be really smart. You have to be in incredible physical shape and kind of exceptional in your athletic ability. Only 250 people out of those 1,000 who get into training actually complete it because the training is really beyond grueling. So I'm not asking you to become superhuman or to go through any superhuman training like what we see, the Navy SEALs. It's just to notice that Navy SEALs, one of the things that has been shown as they've been researched time and time again is that they're in highly stressful and pressurized situations, but they seem to be able to handle it extremely well. So something that I've said for years, and I think I I even wrote about this in my book, there's not enough time in other lies we tell ourselves is we can't control what happens in our life, but we can control how we respond to it. And what I discovered when I was researching this and writing my book about 10 years ago is that a lot of what I was doing in life was reacting, which was the amygdala kind of hijacking my brain and causing me to react without thinking, right? It was that split second reaction, which can be helpful, but what I wanted to learn how to do better was to respond, was to not let my most primitive brain center that it can only (laughs) hear danger and alert signals make fight or flight based decisions for me, but to be able to Pause just long enough to respond in a way that was going to create better outcomes, right? Better results. Things were going to turn out better. And that's something that the Navy SEALs seem to be really able to do in research that I found that was highlighted recently in a stress management special health report written by Harvard Medical School on enhancing well being and reducing stress and building resilience. That's what they pointed out in some research that's been done in a book that was written by a guy named. Nassim Nicholas Taleb, he coined the term anti-fragile. And he even wrote a book about being anti-fragile. He defines fragility as the tendency to be damaged by volatility, and uncertainty, the kind of things that often create that chronic stress response. He says that an anti-fragile person realizes that stress is kind of just the price we pay for being alive and that it helps us use our strengths. Being anti-fragile helps us use our strengths to overcome challenges and become stronger in the process, which is kind of the definition of resilience, right? So in this post-COVID year, we're hearing a lot about resilience and it can feel really hard because we're in what people like organizational psychologist, Adam Grant, are calling this languishing state where it's like, okay, we survived it. I'm not necessarily in full burnout mode where I'm paralyzed or not doing anything, but I'm not feeling a lot of juice, mojo, motivation. What is described in psychology is languishing. And so resilience is that trait where we're able to kind of dig deep a little bit and move through these challenging situations and move on to a position where we're not just sort of surviving or languishing, but we're actually able to get into what I would describe as thriving mode again. Okay. So here's where we get to the nitty gritty with the Navy SEALs. that I think you guys might find as interesting. Navy SEALs are... Again, a prime example of that anti-fragility because they're able to manage high degrees of stress and still function admirably. Even when they're faced with life-threatening situations, they can pivot or change the focus of their attention and be able to address what's happening with flexibility and efficacy. And brain scans show that the seals have altered activation. And this is from, again, that previously mentioned Harvard Medical School report on stress that they have an altered activation in a prefrontal brain region called the insula, which is involved in managing stress signals. And so they've to manage stress signals better than the rest of us. And how do they do that? They exhibit at least seven characteristics that have been identified by researchers in resilient people, right? And people who can move through things from that challenging place of kind of feeling stuck. One of those attributes or characteristics of resilient people is being calm. And I find that often being calm can be underrated. I had a physician client not too long ago that said that, you know, he could feel himself being keyed up all the time and kind of in a, always other people described him as being sort of revved up, not in that energized way, but in a way that was tense. And <laughs> People had said that to him and We poked around a little bit back. He said, yeah, I used to be somebody who was quite calm, but I had this mentor when I was in residency who looked at me one day and said, you're too calm. (laughs) This happened to be a very keyed up, highly agitated, other people would describe him, individual who was not a calm person. And so he, as a leader and as a mentor had looked at this resident or student, and identified his calmness as a negative attribute. And that seemed to have created some change in this particular physician. And it wasn't playing out well in the point in his career that we were talking about things. And so to be able to identify the pause, to be present and calm, even though in some situations we think somehow if somebody looks really agitated and is busy and moving in that kind of frenetic space, that that makes more effective somehow often the opposite is true. (laughs) And so in that resilience research that identified these seven characteristics of resilient people, being able to be calm and particularly calm in challenging situations is a good thing. Another characteristic of resilient people that Navy SEALs seem to characterize that I think we could learn from is being innovative and exhibiting non-dogmatic thinking. Ooh, boy. Non-dogmatic thinking, that's kind of a refreshing idea in the way that we've lined ourselves up in kind of that binary way of thinking that a lot of us have fallen victim to in the last few years. Researcher Carol Dweck, who is a brilliant pioneer in the field of positive psychology and along with uh, Martin Seligman and all those guys and their brilliant work at the University of Pennsylvania on positive psychology and looking at the well side of people on the psychological scale. Talk about having a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset is that place where we just, here's the problem, and then we just kind of pile on all the reasons why the problem is not going to get fixed. <laughs> and the growth mindset is where we look at a problem or an obstacle as an opportunity, and we innovate around it, and we think, how do we move that? And Carol Dweck's work has been adopted by, as many of you are probably aware, thousands of school districts across the country, institutions of higher learning, in organizational psychology in some of the top companies in our country because people are more successful <laughs> In her book mindset the psychology of success looks at that people are more successful when they have a growth mindset than when they have a fixed mindset and her research and the research of others has shown that so that's number 2 is being innovative or non-dogmatic thinking number 3 is the ability to act decisively and that's a characteristic of resilient people to act decisively and then to pivot when needed, but not to be so afraid of making decisions. Of course, number four is tenacity, which I think we can understand as a Navy SEAL. But that's one of those things. I've really tried to cultivate some tenacity in the last few years because that's not a natural strength for me. When I want to be right in an argument, I can be fiercely tenacious, which is another thing that I want to work on and get more. But in times when I'm not in an argument or trying to prove a point. I can let go of things a little too easily and when the going gets tough or if somebody else is going to be disappointed or if I'm not sure of the outcome. And so I've been working on that, cultivating a little more of that stick-to-itiveness, which helps us be more resilient. Interpersonal connections is number five. And I thought that was really interesting, right? because we don't necessarily think of Navy SEALs as individuals who are fostering meaningful relationships, but it turns out they do. And that interpersonal connectedness and being part of a team and thinking about how this impacts the team is a really powerful resource for being resilient that we can all use in this time of languishing to move forward as well. Number six is self-control. And that's, you know, defined as the discipline of keeping our emotions regulated. That doesn't mean not feeling our emotions. It just means being willing to name our emotions, being emotional agility, right? As it's being called by a lot of experts in the field, being willing to feel and notice and name our emotions without necessarily acting from our emotions. And then the seventh attribute that Navy SEALs have that shows resilience that I think we can all learn from is optimism. And that doesn't mean being pretend. I, a lot of times, especially with my physician clients, and they talk about... Optimism, and they're like, "Yeah, my you know, colleague or spouse or somebody said I I need to work on being more optimistic." And that can feel, for somebody who's really fact-based and direct and intense, it can feel like somebody's trying to tell you to pretend that everything's great all the time. Optimism isn't about pretending that everything's great all the time. I'm just telling this for those of you that this is not your natural preset. Optimism is being able to look at even very difficult situations and find something meaningful, of benefit to learn from something that is meaningful and that can come out of it. Or also holding yourself to the perspective that even in very challenging situations, the outcome, somehow things are still going to be okay, even if the outcome is really challenging. And so that's what I mean by optimism. I don't mean rainbows and unicorns and pretending that nothing is wrong. So We've just talked about seven attributes that our friends and Navy SEALs have when it comes to being able to be resilient and to move through stressful and highly pressurized, challenging situations. Again, those are being calm, innovative and non-dogmatic in their thinking, ability to act decisively, tenacity interpersonal connectedness, self-control, and optimism. And I just, I really liked being reminded of that as some ideas to try to integrate both into my clients and into all of our lives as well. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in to listen and to learn some new ideas on Doc Working the Whole Physician podcast. I can't wait to see you next time. I'm Jill Farmer. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Tarran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, The Whole Physician Podcast.